Hi, I'm Sanera Madani, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a billion dollar business. Yes, a billion dollar business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit 1 million in revenue. And I became obsessed on a mission to change that. I believe that there is so much gatekeeping in business knowledge and that we as female entrepreneurs should be learning from other female founders and leaders who have broken the statistics. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way, but you shouldn't have to because we believe that you deserve to have it all. And honestly, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. AI is eating the web as we speak. And what that means for business leaders is this. The time to embrace AI technology is now. Because for people like us, automation helps us do more with less while continuing to meet and exceed business expectations. It's basically magic. If you haven't tried HubSpot's new AI features, you should do that. Content Assistant and ChatSpot are two brand new tools that will immediately save you and your team time. HubSpot's features run on ChatGPT's tech to help you make compelling content and manage your CRM way faster than before. We're talking ad copy, data analytics, workflow automations, all with a chat command. So work smarter, not harder, and head to hubspot.com artificial intelligence to learn more about using AI to streamline your marketing, sales, and customer service ops. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani, and today I have such a treat for you because we have a lawyer in the house. And usually treats and lawyers and fun and legal are not uh, words that we put together, but I will tell you that this episode is going to give you so much insight and knowledge on protecting your business and how to use legal as an asset to scale like beyond the millions. And so I'm super excited to welcome Nuzera Huck to the show. She is our in-house counsel at CEO School. And she is our CEO School subject matter expert inside of the collective. We had an opportunity to sit for a fireside chat. So I will be airing that interview and you are going to have such an amazing listen. Wherever you're tuning in from, be sure to grab a notepad and a pen because get ready to take notes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our fireside chat inside of the collective. I am so pumped for our first official collective fireside chat. I am here at the studio at Hi Hello right now. I feel like I haven't left the studio since last week. I've been hosting masterclasses all week, doing podcast episodes, and now we're here for the fireside chat. But I'm um, super, super excited because this is our one of our our first official fireside chat into our new platform. And so I am super excited to welcome all of you. And then you will see this. If you've missed it, you'll see it uh, catch the replay in the um, you know, in the in the membership area. And so, but I've just been, I'm so pumped. It's been such an eventful week. Uh, but without further ado, I am super, super excited for today's guest, which is a dear friend of mine who, who's become a dear friend of mine, a partner as well to CEO School, and now one of our subject matter experts, specifically in legal, Nuzera Huck. Nuzera is an IP attorney. She is one of the most badass IP attorneys um, that, there are, that there is in the U.S., and I've had the privilege of working with Nuzera 
um, as a client of hers for CEO school. And just through that experience of just working with her, we actually met at one of the CEO school retreats. She was actually an attendee at one of our retreats. And when you just meet her in, in person, um, you get to, you know, I've never met a lawyer like her uh, that makes legal, dare I say the word fun, you know, like legal is definitely not something that I've ever thought of as a partnership or as, as, uh, as accessible or just the way that she breaks things down was just so incredible. And then after that retreat, I was like, we've got to have her as our in-house counsel. Um, and so she's come in and just helped CEO school really level up in terms of our scale, our business, our IPs, our trademarks, our contracts, our, um, you know, our guidelines and our things with it from our website, like literally every single thing from a full suite of business law. Uh, Nuzera has done it through her company, NH Legal. And she also has the Contract Hub, which is so amazing. Um, and it's so accessible because the Contract Hub is a digital space for us to be able to have access to contracts in real time as we need them. And so when we you know, are hiring a new employee and we need to go get that employment agreement in place, there is a space to go and just to go download it and have it at our fingertips. Uh, and so that is what Nuzera has done for the business. And I'm so excited to welcome her as today's guest. And we are going to talk all things fun. legal, <laughs> protecting our business, but also how we can use legal as an asset to grow our business. Something that I didn't learn about until recently. And I cannot wait to have a jam-packed hour with Nuzera to do all things legal. Nuzera, welcome to CEO School. Thank you so much. This is like this is like coming home for me. I've been a part of the CEO school for so long. I work with Sunira and now I'm doing this fireside chat for the collective. This is honestly, it feels like homecoming. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so happy. We're actually, so we're here at the studio as well because uh, Nuzera is now one of our subject matter experts inside of the CEO Collective. So we have just opened up official doors to the CEO Collective, and we are so excited. This is our signature platform and programming. And part of the Collective, one of my most favorite features uh, is having subject matter experts when we need them in real time. And so we have office hours with legal. And so Nuzera is our subject matter expert. And she's inside of the collective every single month for all of our members. And so you could literally hop in. You can throw in questions into the legal channel that's within the platform. You could also show up live to the office hours and say, you know, I'm, you know, I just got this, you know, hopefully you didn't get a cease and desist, <laughs> but I just got this thing that came in the mail. Like, what does it mean for me? Or I'm thinking about, you know, filing for a trademark for this process that I have for my company or what am I missing here? Um, or I read something, you know, on the news about, you know, uh, about, you know, email collections. And I just want you to review it to, to am I doing this correctly? So now we have in-house counsel for all of you for like included in your CEO collective membership. And that in and of itself is worth like literally having like an in-house counsel um, is worth the, you know, $149 monthly subscription just for that, like in and of itself, it's worth way, way more. And so I'm super, super excited to have this all part of the collective now. And so what we were doing just now is we actually um, just, we're in the middle of recording our legal workshop. So that is also gonna be part of the collective where every single month we bring in and we add to that library of resources. So we are literally right now 
Uh, all morning, we've been uh, recording for over the last four weeks now. I've put Nuzera definitely her her deck making skills to the test. Uh, she's you know she's like I've never created uh, a course before, and I'm like you know we're gonna do it together. So I say yeah. it's a one hour jam packed like every single thing in detail of filing for your you know your business the trademarks what are the differences what things that i need to be thinking about and it's a course format that is also going to be part of the collective because every single month we bring one major masterclass to all of you and where you get to learn you're going to take notes and then you're going to apply it in your business through all of the resources available. So all the resources are going to be downloadable within the collective. So I'm just super pumped. And today's really special because I get to put all of it to practice today. Uh, and so that's that's kind of been uh, the morning so far. But this is about, this is a fireside chat today. So this is an interview where we get to know the founder. We get to know about their journey. And then, of course, we get to leave here inspired, but also ready to take action. And today it's all about protection. And so, Nuzera, I would love to kick us off by you telling us a little bit about your journey in becoming a lawyer and then, you know, your corporate background to then that led you to start your company. So I'd love for you to share your experience. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that introduction. And I'm so excited for this conversation. So, okay, a little bit about me. I, um, I'm from Bangladesh originally. So my family, you know, we were very, very tight knit. And my mother actually went to law school, but she never practiced law. Wow. Because she stayed back home. She wanted to take care of my sister and I, and she wanted to give us all of the opportunities. So she never practiced law, but it was always in her. Like I could see that it was her desire that she wanted to do it. So when I was growing up, I loved doing debates. So I was president of the debate club and I thought, you know, wouldn't it be fun if I did this professionally? I didn't know that I would not enjoy litigation for too long, but I it, I enjoyed that banter, that back and forth, the arguments, all of that. So I decided to go to law school. And that's around the time um, that there was a transition period in my life. So I was kind of a digital nomad back then. I decided to go to law school in the UK, even though my family was here. Don't ask me why. I grew up loving the Spice Girls and I wanted to be <laughs> in the same country as the Spice Girls. That's, so, that's the reason. That's the reason. <laughs> okay. Not my career, but it was Spice Girls. So I went to the UK. I did my first law degree there. I did my bar there. So in the UK, I'm, I'm a barrister for England and Wales. I just don't practice there. And then my father said, you know, you have to pick a country. You can't be country hopping. You won't have a career. So I decided, OK, based on, again, uh, weather. I like LA weather, Los Angeles weather, much better than cold England weather. So I decided to move back with my family in LA and I went to USC. I did my law degree there and sat for the California bar and I became an attorney in the US. And all throughout this, my mother would always tell me that, you know, if you're going to be a lawyer, make sure that you're going to practice and you're going to be good at it. Aww. Yeah, that was that was her dream. So. I kind of I'm getting, I get emotional when we think about mothers. I don't know why. I love that. Yeah, yeah. My, my my mother was my biggest supporter when it came to going to law school because my father's family, in all honesty, wanted me to be a doctor. Because you know, as, as you know, most South Asian yeah, it's doctor women, or lawyer. At least doctor, you picked one. Yeah, I became I an entrepreneur. <laughs> 
So yeah, they wanted me to be a lawyer and I'm scared of blood. I'm scared of roaches. I'm like, I, I can't do that. I can't go to medical school. So my mother was the one that was very, very um, supportive of me going to law school. And then I started my corporate law career. So I became an IP litigation attorney. I did that. I went into transaction and I was a corporate attorney. And that was a lot of fun until I fell in love with a man from Pakistan. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that, Pakistanis in the house. <laughs> and that changed the course of my life. So I was in a very, very toxic law firm job. That's a conversation for another day. So I was in a very toxic law firm job and I knew that I wasn't going to stay there for long. But it just so happened that my husband, my my then uh, boyfriend slash fiance was living abroad and I wanted to have a flexible schedule where I wasn't tied to my desk and I could travel and I could be with him. So I got married in 2018 and that's also the year that I quit my corporate law firm job and I didn't know what to do. So I freelanced for a year. So all of 2019, I was a freelance attorney and I was doing IP work for other law firms. And then in 2020, I started my own law practice, not knowing we are entering a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. Perfect timing. What could go wrong? So I, I start my business and I started my business as a virtual practice because I wanted to save on costs. I had a so you didn't do it because of the no. pandemic. It was just you were like, no. I'm going to do, yeah. do it this way. Yeah, because I didn't have money in my bank account. I did not want to spend it on a brick and mortar office, which traditional law firms do. So I thought, OK, let's get savvy here. What can I do? I can set up a virtual law practice and I can practice remotely. This will allow me to travel, be anywhere in the world um, and work at the same time. So I set up my law practice and I also wanted to have a sustainable practice. I saw so much paper waste at all of the law firms I worked on. I thought like this is nonsense. I don't need that. So that was another reason for starting a virtual law practice. And that's how my business journey started. And when I started my business journey, let me tell you, I knew how to practice law. I did not know how to run a business. So it's a lot of trial and error that got me here. But yeah, that's the story. I love it. I, I love And then you've had so much success, um, you know, just crossing all of these milestones. I've personally gotten to watch you work and, and do all the things. Something that I want, I think it's so interesting. I want you to tell me, uh, so we've been, we've been doing all of like, you know, all so much work together. But one of the things that I always like to, to pick on you for is like, when you talk to me about your male clients versus your female oh. clients, so half of her clients are still men. Yeah. And I'm trying to like now with, you know, her partnership with CEO school, I'm like, no, we're shifting that to like literally be hundred percent women. Um, but her clients, I want you to share the difference of like yeah. when a man, when a man approaches you for legal stuff and then what happens with a woman. And I think this is going to be really telling for all of us in the room. So tell us, tell me, tell everybody about our conversations about men and women when it comes to legal. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for asking me that. And one of the biggest reasons why I love educating about legal is because of this. So when I started my own business, my clients were all men and they are great clients. Um, it's easy to do business. Um, the consultation lasts for about 15 to 20 minutes. They know what they want. They come in and they're like, boom, boom, boom. What do I need to do, Nazaira? Okay, let's sign the retainer contract. Done. They don't want to waste time on the call anymore. They just want me to tell them what is priority, what needs to be done. 
when I speak with women entrepreneurs, it's very rare that that is the experience. I won't say that it never happens. It does, but it, it's like maybe 2% or 1%. Most of the time when I'm speaking with women entrepreneurs, I notice that there's a lot of fear when it comes to investing in legal because they don't necessarily see it as an investment. They see it as a, and one client even said that, it's a necessary evil of doing business. So they're coming into the call with a consultation call with that mindset, like, oh, I have to do this because something has gone wrong. And so it needs a lot of education and kind of like handholding on the consultation call. And it'll last for about sometimes 45 minutes to an hour, which I'm trying to cut down on. And Sunira is helping me with <laughs> But that's the difference. And even after that, it'll be a few emails, sometimes back and forth. The decision that I have to protect my business, my business is a serious business, is so hard for women entrepreneurs to make compared to men. Men oh. just know their business is serious. <laughs> oh, that makes me so mad. That makes me so, so mad. And it's so it's so true. And it's 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 not our fault, right? It's not yeah. our fault. Right. And when Nuzera told me this, and I'm like, this is why we you have to serve more women. Yeah. And it's the 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 boys' club truly is there. They know like this is these are the conversations that are taking place. It's, you know, it's a check off the box. They trust the expert. They're like, okay, I, I need it. It's done. Send me the bill. We're done. Don't waste my time. Like, you're the expert. Here we go. And then when she's talking to women entrepreneurs, it's, you know, and, it, and there's nothing wrong with holding hands or the consultation or the education element of it. But it's truly the fact of trust is what I hear, right? That we don't trust ourselves, right? We don't want to invest in ourselves. And we think about our business in this place like, I don't know if I'll need it, right? I don't know if I'll need it. I, I don't know if I'm big enough yet. I don't have that problem yet. Whereas a man is just already assuming that his business is going to achieve to that next level. He already knows that it's going to be successful. He already, so he's like, I know I'm going to need it, right? And it's not even like, it's a psyche thing here. I don't know if you if you agree with me here. So I'd love to hear uh, in the comments as well. Like, it's a psyche thing. Whereas women, we are even forcing ourselves with that mindset without even knowing it, right? That, that That's literally what I talked about all last week on the masterclass. It's the money mindset that's holding us back, right? It's that we are so fearful of investing or we're not even thinking about our business that it's going to be so freaking successful. And so it's that mindset. And I just really want to change that so bad. And when she told me that on one of our, our calls like last year, and I was like, that's it, Nuzera. That's why you have like, and, and men are easy. And from a business coaching standpoint, I should tell her to go get the, you know, the yeah. men clients are paying. Like they're, they're super <laughs> easy to work with, but just fundamentally we have to change that, um, about women in business is that we have to approach also legal and just everything in general, when it comes to like the experts and the things that we need as an investment, because we're going to get there. Like there isn't a doubt that we're going to fail. Mm -hmm. And so, oh my God, that just gets yeah. me like, oh, <laughs> No, I totally agree with you. And, and you summed it up exactly well. When I speak with men clients, they already know that I'm starting a business. This is serious. This is my goal. This is what, where I want to get to. They don't ask, well, what if I fail? That's not in their <laughs> mind. They don't know. They don't even entertain that. Where does that confidence yeah. come from in men? Yeah, like, they're just confident. It's going to work. But with women, it's always like, will I need this? Is Am I big enough? But the answer is yes, you need it. This is something that we were discussing in the masterclass that we we're recording for you. 
that every business decision has a legal consequence. As long as you have a business, legal is there. You can't get away from it. You can't run away from it. So it's best to be friends with legal rather than treating it as a necessary evil. Uh, I love it. Friends with legal. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I would love for, you know, our audience, we've got women entrepreneurs listening, tuning in, you know, wherever you're catching this right now, we all are at different stages of our business, right? So let's talk about some of the fundamentals that you see, um, you know, talk, talk to us a little bit. Let's, let's get, let's, let's talk yeah. lawyer to me now, okay. right? So like, what are the things that we have to think about? What are the things that we have to protect? Um, and I want you to go a little bit deep on just structures and IP protection and, and something that people don't, you didn't mention this, but Nuzera is not just a, you know, corporate lawyer or like a, a contract and business attorney. She has spent, she specializes in IP. She's actually spent an, an additional year yeah. of studies and has gotten additional certification specifically in IP. She's an IP nerd. Uh, <laughs> and that is what she does is builds, builds assets for uh, company. So I'd love for you to deep dive a little bit into IP and how it's like an asset versus just like protecting and what what should be protected. Like I have so many questions. Why they need this. So all the things. Talk lawyer to me. Okay. All right. Let's get started. So basics. It doesn't matter what stage of business you're in. You should always know the three big basics in your business. Everything else you don't need to know as a CEO. But these three things you need to keep your tap on. First of all, is your business protected from a corporate standpoint? What type of entity structure do you have? You want to know that and you want to be confident in that. Like, okay, if I have an LLC, do I feel good about it? Is this structure good enough to lead me to where I want to go? Or do I need to change into a corporation? Or am I fine working as a sole proprietor? That's something you really need to be careful about because there's actual liability associated with it. When you do business as a sole proprietor, you are opening yourself up to liability. But at the same time, it doesn't really have startup costs. So it's a great way to get started. If you are someone who has an LLC or a corporation, some of the things you want to be mindful of is that you don't do commingling of funds. So even as a sole proprietor, you want to make sure that you don't do that. Don't mix your business finances with your personal finances. Keep those separate. A, for accounting reasons, life is simple that way. B, for legal reasons. If you've set up a company, you've done it for one big reason, to protect yourself personally, to protect your personal assets, your house, your car, your savings account, your Roth IRA, all of that. When you don't have that corporate shield of protection, your personal assets are fair game for collection. So that is something that you just want to be careful about. What type of entity structure do you have? And are you following the corporate compliance rules or regulations to keep that protection alive? Now, Talking about IP, so I can go hours and hours talking about IP. As Sunira said, I'm an IP nerd. I love intellectual property because it's one area of law where you as a CEO can have fun. You can actually have fun. It has everything to do with what you're creating, your brand, your content, your competitive edge in the marketplace. This is all stuff CEOs love to work on. So intellectual property is all of that. Intellectual property assets are intangible assets. These cannot be touched, but these are assets in your business, just like any other assets. They have actual monetary value. You can buy them, sell them, lease it, license it, transfer it. You can do all of it. So when it comes to IP, one thing you want to know is that in this 
digital form of business that most of us are in, most of the time, our business value is tied in directly with intellectual property. A lot of the times, your business will be more IP heavy if you are completely in the digital space versus you know physical heavy. Physical assets are important if you have a very heavy physical product-based business. But also, if you have a physical product-based business, you still have intellectual property there. So some of the basic forms of intellectual property that you should know about as an entrepreneur, trademarks, copyrights, patents, and trade secrets. And we are doing a deep dive into each form of IP. <laughs> Lots of deep yeah. dive. I didn't even know half of the stuff that you could actually protect. Yeah. Like there's so much. And and why is it important? So we can protect – I want to talk about like what – you know, these are the different avenues, right? Trademark, copyright, patent, trade secrets. And don't worry, for the collective, you all have access to this the, – the masterclass that's coming here shortly. And I think it will be out in about two weeks. Um, so we'll, we'll go deep dive into like the, the notes version of it and the, the slides version of it, but you know, what should you be protecting, right? Like, so some, one of the things that I kind of have felt as an entrepreneur, um, is I don't think about legal until I need it. That I was sharing that story earlier with Nuzera that the first time I received a cease and desist was the first time that I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, what, what is that? I, am I like, I would not have ever expected that I would have gotten this from a competitor, when I first started as an entrepreneur. And then I also received a uh, cease and desist from my previous company uh, mm -hmm. because I was in violation of my non-compete. <laughs> and like, I was 25 years old when I started this business, right? When I started, uh, you know, Fat Merchant at the time and, you know, that that ended up becoming Saks and, uh, but it took 10 years. But when I first started, like I did not have that experience and I was doing things out of like without without the knowledge. And I look back at my early stages in entrepreneurship and every time that I've had to deal with legal in the early stages, it was because there was some event that took place and then I had to like protect it or figure it out. And you feel like it's life. Or it feels like the world crumbles like in front of you, like when you get a threat for a lawsuit. And even though it's just, it's not the like the the likelihood that it's actually going to take place is like 0.0001% that that's actually going to take place, but it scares the living shit out of you. And I felt so afraid, so alone. And I'm like, how do I handle this? And then you're like scrummaging to go like, you know, find the right support system. And then you're talking to attorneys that you have no relationships with, right? And you're already kind of in that seat of like, I put myself there, right? I didn't think about it ahead of the things I should have been thinking about. And then, you know, I'm stuck with a lawyer that I have no relationship with. They don't even know my business. They have no, so they're playing catch up on trying to figure it out. And so my, like one of the biggest like early mistakes that I look back on my journey is saying like, I wish like I had gotten this masterclass and this lesson early to say, Sanira, let's actually look at the business and what are the things that we need to be thinking about? Even if they like might, the chances of it happening could be slim. Mm -hmm. How do I protect my business from an early stage? And the second piece is I wish I had, you know, lawyer, a lawyer like Nuzera, you know, truly that made it feel like a, 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 a partnership, right? That this is a long-term relationship so that she actually gets to know my business before things are taking place and understands, you know, understands like what, you know, what my business is about, what I'm about, what are the things, how I like to work, right? And so your attorney and why it's important for every woman female entrepreneur, every entrepreneur, but all of us need to have an attorney in our arsenal, 
right, in our cabinet. And that was, we were talking about this earlier that, you know, as an entrepreneur, you got to have like the right people around you to support you. And you've got to have an amazing accountant, okay? And you've got to have an amazing attorney and you've got to have an amazing financial advisor and you've got to have an amazing mentor, right? So I'm glad that we can check that box for you. I've got you covered there. But why it's important to have that in your arsenal is that when you don't want it to be where you're scrambling to find that person Mm -hmm. that doesn't know about your business. So I would say that building that cabinet, that, that advisory team around you is super, super important. And that's what I was so important for me when we were thinking about, we've been restructuring all of our programming, thinking about what has worked, why are women are successful, why the women that are not successful, even within our programming are not successful. And this is why bringing those subject matter experts to you when you need them and to have that cabinet around is like, ah, I wish I had that. So I'm so glad that we're getting to do this. But lesson for me was I wish I had it before I needed it. Hey, everyone. It's Sanira here. CEO School is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We are part of a family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcasts like Techish, hosted by Abadesi and Michael, a podcast by two millennials talking about all things tech, pop culture, and life. I recently enjoyed listening to Michael and Abadesi dive into frenemies cloning your tech product. Is joining a startup even worth it? The Sunday Times, 35 richest under 35, and they even talked about the end of secession. It was quite the enjoyable episode. So listen to Techish wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm so glad you're here and enjoying the CEO School podcast. If you're tuning in, chances are that you are an entrepreneur looking for accessible knowledge, resources, and guidance to help you scale to your next level. Well, look no more. Here's the thing. Entrepreneurship is a lonely road and quality mentorship is especially scarce, especially as a female founder. That's why I'm so excited to share the CEO Collective with you, the number one platform for entrepreneurs who want to scale by the CEO School. No matter what stage you're at, we meet you there and have the exact tools and resources that you need to finally reach your next level. Learn exactly how we can support you and your business at thecoschool.co slash collective. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought up that example that you receive cease and desist notices, but the good thing you did was not throw it away. So pro tip, if you get a cease and desist letter in the mail, do not trash it. Do not throw it away because it, it, Okay, it happened to a client of mine. She thought it was spam. Yeah. Poor thing. She was a small, she's a small business owner. And here's the thing, you know, oftentimes you think I'm too small. What is going to happen to me? Who's going to come after me? I don't have to worry about intellectual property. So this particular client of mine, she's amazing. She's a hardworking woman entrepreneur. um, And she received a cease and desist letter for trademark infringement. And she thought it was spam. Like someone was messing with her. She threw it. And usually with cease and desist letters, you get about two or three before a lawsuit is filed. So she got it, I think, twice and she threw it in the mail. She thought nothing about it. And then a federal lawsuit was filed against her. And so something simple like answering back to the cease and desist letter could have stopped this right there. But now it's become this big thing. So and that could bankrupt you. Oh, yeah, easily. Easily. That's that's crazy. IP lawsuits are insanely expensive because these are asset related lawsuits. You don't think about IP as assets, but this is where it really comes into perspective. Also, something to share um, as an attorney practicing IP, 
our insurance, malpractice insurance is much higher than other attorneys who don't practice IP, simply because you are dealing with people's assets and it can have an actual impact on someone's business revenue, their longevity. So it's, it's a serious topic. So when you get something in the mail, don't throw it away, show it to your attorney. And if it is spam, your attorney will tell you, like I have clients who will always email me letters they get from solicitors after their trademark has been filed. We tell them this is spam, throw it away. But you need to show this to your attorney and be proactive about the legal health of your business. Good CEOs are proactive CEOs. You cannot wait Good CEOs, great CEOs yes. are proactive CEOs. Yes. I love that. That needs to yeah. go on a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like Sunira mentioned that when you are starting off your business, there could be things maybe you have with your former employer that you don't even know could restrict you from starting a business in their own industry. And that is also tied in with IP. So, for example, if you're working for an employer and you have access to their training, sensitive information, they can probably put a non-compete so that you don't go compete against them. Take all of that information training that you have from that employer, start your own business or go to a competitor within a certain time frame. And non-competes depends from state law to state law, but it's really, really crucial. So a lot of the times, if you have employment contracts that you sign and you want to start your own business and it is somewhat in the same industry, please get that employment contract just reviewed by an attorney and see what it says. If there is a non-compete, there's usually a time restriction or sometimes a territory restriction. If you can go around that, you're okay. But have contracts reviewed by your attorney and be proactive about protecting your own IP. So something that Sunira mentioned is, why do you need to protect your IP and what is it that you can protect and again, this is fun, okay? This is fun for CEOs. <laughs> Don't get overwhelmed was like, this is it. so fun. This and is- we're like on the edge of our seats right now. I'm like, fuck. Like, yeah. I have so much work to do. This is, this is the fun part. All of that liability <laughs> stuff is like, I know it's like nerve wracking. But think about it. You know, you spend time thinking of a brand name, your logo, the logo design. You come up with a really fun catchphrase for your company. Those are things you want to protect because that those are your brand identity elements. That's what you can protect with trademarks. Trademarks allow you to have exclusive control over certain words, phrases, designs, so other people cannot use it without your permission in your industry. That gives you that competitive edge and control over how your brand is monetized. If you lose that control, you're losing control over your business. Because if someone can just grab your brand name or logo and start selling their own products or services, and it's the same or similar to you, you're going to lose your goodwill, you're going to lose your revenue, and you might even lose the entire business if you don't put a stop to it on time. So that's something you wanna think about. Name, logo, catchphrase, trademarks. And this is like, it's like the foundation that's holding up your business. If your identity is taken away from you, it's really, really hard. Because just think of it in a practical sense, if you're, if your ideal customer, ideal client wants to find you and they're typing your name on Instagram, on Google, because all of these are search engine machines, they should not be getting 20 different hits of the same or similar name and they're all selling the same things. What do you think realistically is going to happen? That person is going to get confused and either they'll just shut the phone and go away or they'll click on the first three options that they see 
And if your brand is not within the first three or four that pops up, you just lost a sale. That customer is gone. And something that we discussed in detail in our masterclass is even bigger problem than loss of sale is that you might lose your reputation. If there's counterfeits going around and people can't differentiate between you and a copycat version of you, and they're getting subpar products or services from this copycat version, your reputation is getting damaged because that customer is not going to come back. And they're probably going to say to their friends or other business owners that this company has lost its touch. They're not doing a good job anymore, so don't buy from them. Or worse, leaves a negative review, which yes, that's not fun. Yeah. So that's what trademarks allow you to do. It allows you to have control over your brand's identity. It's the same thing as having control over your own identity. What if one day you woke up and someone told you you can't use your own name anymore? There's the same thing with your business. If someone tells you, I now trademarked my business with your brand name, you can still go after them, but you have to fight. It's not easy. You go to the USPTO, they'll say, we don't want to get involved in this. Take it up in federal court. Challenge this trademark. Do all and all of, of this is so solvable by just yeah. consulting with someone to say, what are the things that I should be protecting? And then just getting it done. Yeah. Right. And one of the things that you know we were chatting about earlier um, in, within the math masterclass, we literally segment down to say like every single type of um, trademarks that you can do, the type of copyrights that you could do, the type of patents that you could do, all of that you know, you don't have to do it all either, right? And so I want to make sure that that gets conveyed. I don't want this to be like a fear-based class. I want this yeah. to be an exciting thing, right? So I don't want us to come from a place of fear. I want us to come from a place of we're going to grow and we're going to have to do things over time in the right way. So we want to build the company in the right way. So what are the things initially that are like the most important things? And you start with those and then you build a roadmap, just like you have your product roadmap. You start building that roadmap and then you start building that muscle. So when you launch your next product line, right? And maybe the packaging is like really unique in the packaging. And you're like, wow, now you can add that into your uh, your trademark or your copyright, um, you know, and you can add that later, right? And so as you're building your company, legal should be part of the muscle that you continually, you know, add to. It's not ever a one and done thing. Uh, and it also doesn't have to be overwhelming. We don't have to do all the things as well. You just have to make sure that the right things are protected. I would love to, I know that, like, uh, you know, trademarks are definitely a really amazing topic. Uh, we deep dive a lot into it within the class inside of the collective. So go t go take a look at that. Um, but I want to kind of also talk about business contracts because I think that that is an area that we we think about trademarks and protection. I have seen that from women because it's uh, the trademark. It's almost like our identity. So we want to yeah. protect our identity and women, we want to protect that. But where I see a big gap for female entrepreneurs and the women that I've, I've coached and I've kind of seen, I see a gap in the legal contracts correctly being set up in place. And uh, what are the types of contracts if we had like a 101, you know, don't like these are the things that you must have in your business. What are the top things that come to mind, Nozera, for you? And how like what what should they what should these women be thinking about? I love that question. So contracts are your best friends. They are your sidekick. Uh, think of contracts as someone who can take over difficult discussions, uncomfortable conversations for you so you can grow your business and go run your business. Contracts are absolutely crucial for any business. It's the difference between a serious business and a hobby. If you have a hobby, you don't need contracts. Yeah, I guess you still need a contract if you're charging people. But if you have a serious business, you absolutely need contracts. 
Some contracts are mandatory by law. If you don't have those, you actually get fined, such as privacy policies, cookie policies. These have to be compliant with current data privacy laws. Otherwise, you get fined or you can even get sued. But there are other contracts and most of the business contracts that we have are meant for your protection and are meant to advance your interests. So this is something that I love asking my clients when we are preparing a contract for them, is if you could wave a magic wand on your business and remove all of the annoying parts of your business, list them out, what would those be? And most of the time when we're preparing uh, client-facing contracts, they'll say, Difficult clients, it, uh, they don't pay on time. Payments on time. That's Payments definitely an area. Yes. And I know we've recommended so many women to you, to, for, uh, particularly for that topic. Payments. And uh, I'm not going to give the, the name of this particular CEO I'm thinking of, but she literally is one of my favorite CEOs yeah. at CEO school. And she was literally delivering services to clients. And then they would ghost there. There was one part of the payment that was before mm-hmm. – um, that they had to pay prior to the contract. And then there was a second part of the payment that had to be made post after the deliverables were done. She was delivering products and services to the clients. They would get the, they would get the thing. And then afterwards, they would just ghost her. Okay, mm-hmm. and she was not yeah. able to collect on that payment. They would totally ghost her. And this kept happening. And this came up in one of our coaching calls. And I was like, okay, immediately, we need to go solve this right now. And... All she did was Nuzera put a contract template in place. And now when the client signs that proposal or signs the thing, they're legal. Of course, like they should be paying. Like you you think you're legally obliged to pay, but I don't know. This world is so fucked up. Like people are so <laughs> shitty. And now that contract is in place and it's just part of her process. And her issue is literally gone overnight. Like now it's like one in, a, you know, one in the next like 25 that may do that, like that she has to then like be like, no, 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 here's the contract. And that has like super, super help just by getting that one contract in place. I just wanted to yeah. share that particular example. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, and I know that that particular CEO, I, when I heard her, um, situation, I, I was like, you're doing such amazing work. You deserve to get paid for it. And what we, even if she's not doing amazing yeah, work, I know. you get paid, you get you're paid for business. your work. You're yeah. in business. You need to be making money. And this seems like such a bizarre concept, right? Like, you know, yeah, people should be paying you on time. Why are they not paying you on time? But it doesn't happen like that. And it won't happen unless you put it in a contract, unless people understand they're legally obligated to do so. So payment problems, refunds, chargebacks for product-based business owners, things as returns, all of these issues come up and it can really affect your mindset. If you're constantly dealing with difficult clients who are not paying you, you start kind of resenting the your whole, business. your yes. business. You don't want to do it anymore. And all of this can more or less be resolved by contracts. A, what is a contract? A contract is simply a document that two people sign, which legally obligates them to perform certain duties. That is literally it. And if you don't perform those duties, there's repercussions, there's legal consequences. So I often hear people saying, especially women entrepreneurs, that I want to run a business on my own terms. The best thing you can do is put those terms in a written contract. That's it. Whatever your terms are, you want to have a no refund policy, put that in your contract. If you don't have that in your contract, 
no one will know what your refund policy is. They'll keep asking you about it. Or if you want to have a refund policy, set the policy that you have to come to me within 30 days, within 14 days. And you don't have to repeat yourself or have these conversations. Anytime someone asks you, they have the contract, just point to the contract. Realistically, it saves you time along with the legal protection aspect. It saves you time. You're not having the same conversation over and over again. And it also saves you from souring your relationships. A lot of the time, difficult client conversations can be handled by highlighting relevant parts of your contract and saying, this is the contract you signed and this is our policy. It's very rare. I'm not saying it never happened, but it's very rare after seeing someone um, after someone complains about your policy and they see that they've signed it, that they still argue with you. They're not going to argue. They're just going to say, okay, understood. Maybe they won't continue to do business if they're unhappy for some reason or they're just difficult. But that whole back and forth is gone. You just saved yourself a lot of time. And sometimes this can save relationships from getting sour as well. And this especially comes into play when you have business partnerships. When you have more than one person running a business, your co-founders, you need to have operating agreements that states clearly how will the business be run? Who will handle what part of the business? What happens if one partner wants to step away? What happens if a partner passes away? What happens if the company dissolves? What do you do with all of the assets? Who gets all, all these assets? If you don't have these questions answered, the state will answer those questions for you when something like that happens. And you might not like that idea. You might not like the outcome, but you can take control of it by being proactive, putting a contract in place that states what you and your partner, business partner want, and then that's it. You're good. You don't have to worry about default state laws and you losing out on a good business deal. I think the operating agreement portion um, is something that I see quite often. Um, and I didn't take that advice either. So I, I want to I also kind of share like as you know, my stories with all of you, because I've made all of these mistakes along the way. And then I learned it like I have to I've had to fucking learn everything just from like my own mistakes and experiences. <laughs> and that's why this is so important for us to share these things. And this is what the boys club. That's what they do. Right. They share their experiences and then they're like, that's how they don't make the mistakes. So, you know, if you have a partnership right now in place in your business, even if it's a small equity holder in your company, you have to make sure that you have a correct operating agreement in place. And that is something that I um, I went through that experience without having an operating agreement, ending a partnership, and it was not fun to do. And even though initially it made complete sense and everybody was on the same page and then you actually start like you know, going through it. It was an emotional process. Like it, it was such a just mentally draining process. It almost made me want to give up this business. Like it, I almost didn't take CEO school as much as I was so passionate about it. Just going through that process was so draining and overwhelming. And it costed me a huge fortune to buy out the business. It's still the best decision that I made. And I'm glad that I was able to cross through it and get through it. And now we're here on the other side, but it was, it was just, it, all of that did not need to happen if there was an agreement in place, even with, you know, even if there was like hypothetical scenarios to say how we're going to even get a business valuation, mm -hmm. right? Because when we didn't have those things in place, the other party could just be like, oh yeah, it's worth like, you know, a hundred million dollars. 
and that's the buyout price. Like, how do you deal with that if there isn't a contract in place? So it's super important for you to have an operating agreement in place. It's never too late. And what I will also say is that if your partners are like, like everyone should be on the same page of getting an operating Mm -hmm. agreement. And it's almost like signing a a, like a postnup after you get married. And so it's definitely not going to be it might not be an easy process, but it also tells you a lot about how the other person is viewing like, you know, the business as well. So definitely I want to kind of echo that sentiment. Super important contract to have in place. But even basic things that I think about, you know, in my journey that I've made so many mistakes on employment agreements, even contractor agreements, right? We work with so many contractors. You want to make sure that you have, an, you know, the proper contract uh, contractor agreements in place, employment agreements in, in place, non-disclosures in place. And all of these can be like basic, like very simple templates that, you know, it doesn't have to be this huge process. It's just thinking about it ahead getting that little suite going for your business, the right disclosures on your website, the payment stuff. Like, so those are some things that I do think that all of us should have in place. Is there a- Oh yeah, absolutely. Some of the most basic contracts every business owner needs to have because it's going to make a huge difference. You don't feel it because it's like, oh, it's a legal document. What is this doing for me? But it does a lot. Things like a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA, every business owner should have that as a template. If you're sharing brand new ideas with someone, you want to make sure that person's not running away with that idea. A lot of the times creators will ask, how do I protect my idea? You cannot protect your idea with any registration. It has to be converted into a tangible form. But an idea can be protected with a contract. If you are disclosing um, business plans, marketing strategies, get an NDA and make sure that the person signs it so they're legally obligated to not disclose that information without your permission. Independent contractor agreements. This will make or break you, and I'll give you a reason why. One of the biggest things that we do now as entrepreneurs is hire freelancers and contractors on a project basis to handle certain parts of our business. It could be that they're creating um, a deck or they're creating a marketing campaign. They're creating social media graphics. But here's the thing. You don't own any of that work, even when you're paying them for it, because that's the law under U.S. copyright law. Unless and until someone is your W-2 employee, any work that they do for you, they are the rights owner. They own the rights legally unless and until they expressly transfer that right over to you. Doesn't matter if you've paid them. And this became a huge problem. I Uh, in in the NFT space. So I used to do a lot of NFT legal work last year, and this was a recurring theme. Artists were getting hired for NFT projects. They would complete the art right before launch, two, three weeks before launch date. They would come and say, you don't have the right to use this artwork. And that's the entire project. You don't have the right to use this artwork because I never transferred over the rights to you. If you want this, you need to now buy my rights away or give me profit sharing, give me this, give me that. And this obviously gives a lot of power to the creator. But if you're the one who's hiring, you need to know that. If you're okay with that, that's fine. But if you think you're- I know this is making a lot of us like, like, oh my God. <laughs> but what I will say, it's solvable, right? It's, it's solvable, solvable via an independent, independent contractor agreement. So literally when you're hiring that contractor, Part of your SOP and part of your process is here, 
great, I'm glad I'm hiring you for this, sign my independent contractor agreement. And you have that template in place and that's it. You never have to worry about that ever again. And that is the power of CO school here, of making sure that we don't make those mistakes. (laughs) And so a couple of big, I know we're like jotting down notes here. There's going to be a lot more when you're going to actually listen to the the class. There's going to be other things where we're like, oh my God, we need to get these in place immediately. Don't stress. I don't want legal to be a stressor. I want it to be, this isn't, these are all assets. And I want us just to be thinking bigger about our business, right? Like that's my goal here is for us to be thinking bigger about it. We want to make sure we're protecting it. And so we're not going to leave you high and dry. Um, there's, we're going to have the contracts in place. We're going to have templates for you also inside of, um, like inside of the the masterclass area within the collective. So you'll be able to even get um, some amazing contracts set up in place. Newzera is going to be, um, part of our subject matter expert team at CEO school. So she is part of your advisory board now, and she will be accessible within the platform for office hours. The June, the next schedule is going to get announced. And so you can definitely throw in like your legal questions within the legal channel. You can come live to her, um, you know, for asking her for all of, um, the questions that you have as well within that. So I do want to make sure that you feel we're, we're here to support and help. I don't need to fear legal. Yeah. I think my goal today, um, and it's just so insightful, um, was that actually legal is an asset for your business and it actually can make money. Your trademarks can make money. Yeah. Um, and copyrights so can copyright, make- copyrights can make, all of these things are an asset and they're all transferable. And we, we're building businesses at scale. And so building businesses at scale, these are the things that we need in place. So Nizera, this, like, it was so fun doing this interview, especially inside of the collective. The women were so fun. We dropped for the Q&A. Um, but if you guys would like to, I really invite all of you to come join us inside of the collective. Nizera is actually one of our subject matter experts inside of the collective where she spends literally her time every single month you know, dedicated to our members as our in-house counsel. I wish I had this when I was an entrepreneur starting my business and scaling my business, and I didn't, and made so many mistakes along the way. I think legal has literally costed me hundreds of thousands of dollars, and but has protected me in the millions too. And so, but I wish I had the resource early on. And so all of this is all inclusive inside of the CEO Collective. The masterclass comes out in a couple of weeks as well. And it'll be a full deep dive on all the things. And that also includes all these amazing templates, right? So what we do inside of the program when we bring in our experts, we don't gatekeep. So it's not a knowledge, like here's knowledge and then go figure it out. We actually have tangible resources, tangible playbooks, tangible contract templates, et cetera, that are, that are ready to download immediately as well. So I just want to thank you, Nazera, for your time today and giving our listeners a sneak peek of what's inside of the collective, but also just sharing a little bit about your incredible journey. So thank you. Thank you so much, Sunira. I had such a great time on this podcast. And yeah, for all of you listening We are doing amazing things inside of The Collective. Um, This podcast was just like tip of the iceberg. We are hosting a masterclass inside The Collective that goes into much deeper legal topics on how you can protect and grow your brand with legal. So definitely, as Sunira mentioned, come join us in The Collective. We're very welcoming and warm. (laughs) And you get to make great friends inside there as well. I'm super excited. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week at CEO School. Everything is linked in the show notes. Bye, ladies. Hi, I'm so glad you're here and enjoying the CEO School podcast. If you're tuning in, chances are that you're a female entrepreneur looking for accessible knowledge, resources, and guidance. Well, look no more. 
Here's the thing. Entrepreneurship is a lonely road and quality mentorship is scarce, especially as a woman. Access to knowledge from other female founders is hard to come by. And when coaching my mentees, I keep finding that they're sitting on gold mines and simply lack a little bit of guidance for scale. That's why I had to interrupt today's show and share the CEO Collective with you. CEO Collective is the number one platform for female founders who want to scale beyond the million dollar mark. No matter what stage you're at, we meet you there and give you the exact tools and resources you need to finally reach your next level. Through mentorship, accountability, community, and education, we've helped thousands of female founders break the millions of revenue and beyond. Between masterclasses led by me and experts, fireside chats with stellar celebrity founders, access to subject matter experts to bust through your blockers, event pack calendars, and more, the value of being inside of the room is quite frankly priceless. Learn exactly how we can support you and your business at thecoschool.co slash collective. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.